You're listening to True Heart. Amy and Scott Mallon dive deep with celebrities, mavericks, visionaries, and real-life heroes to find out what sets their souls on fire. Get ready for some trockings. Here's Amy and Scott. Today's episode is a love letter to hip-hop, one of our favorite genres of music and part of the soundtrack of our lives. So we're super blessed that we got to chat with Curtis Blow, one of the founding fathers of hip hop, and hear about his origin story and how the music really took over from the streets and the clubs in Harlem and the boogie down Bronx to where it is uh, today, you know, almost 50 years later. It's such a rich history. Uh, and if you're a lover of hip hop, and I think almost everybody loves hip hop in some form or another, whether like it was me growing up in the kind of the 80s and the 90s and listening to Curtis and even, you know, like NWA and then going into young MC, MC Hammer, like just then into Tupac and Biggie and just like right on down the line. Uh, it's crazy to see how that entire genre of music has evolved over the years. And, you know, just to think that we're going to be talking to one of the guys who started it and was there in that, like, you know, hotbed of music and dance and all the things and that culture. came together to make hip hop happen as one of the most authentic and raw, you know, styles of music that there's ever been. And I think that's why people were like, just, it just blew up and people were like, what is this? And uh, it's just an honor to get to talk to one of the guys who was there in the beginning and made it all happen. Yeah. So you mentioned MC Hammer. So I never asked you my baby. Um, did you rock the hammer pants and did you ever do the MC hammer dance? Inquiring minds want to know. Uh, well, we both know that I can't dance. Um, and I never rocked the parachute pants, even though, uh, secretly I always wanted to I never rocked the hat on the side of my head. I just couldn't go down with that. I would, I was literally one of those guys that would just be in my car. And that's all I listened to when I got my license at 16. And I took that first drive in that Pontiac station wagon, uh, Bonneville Safari with the painted wood chipping off the side and the ceiling coming down, uh, the felt ceiling. First song I listened to was hip hop. You know, it was all, I just blazed it, rolled down the windows, got on my first ride. And that's like, it's just like, that's the feeling of like, man, I'm listening. <laughs> I could listen to anything. I'm listening to hip hop. Yeah. And for me, you know, I think DJing. it was young MC. I think it was young MC. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and for me, DJing for a decade, my favorite music to play was hip hop. I always knew if I threw on Curtis's record, The Breaks, or a Sugar Hill Gang song that the crowd would go wild and the dance floor would be packed. It was just feel good music. So to get to see where it all began um, and through Curtis's eyes and his incredible stories, um, you're going to learn a lot today. So keep it locked here. Today's episode is The Pioneer, and we have a very special guest. Curtis Blow is an innovator, an originator, and a culture creator. He's one of the founding fathers of hip-hop, and he has so many firsts to his name. In 1979, at the age of 20, Curtis became the first rapper to be signed by a major label. Mercury released Christmas Rappin', and it sold over 400,000 copies, and it became an annual classic. Its goal follow-up, The Breaks, helped ignite a still-spreading international rap attack. He released 10 albums over 11 years. Curtis was the first rapper to tour the U.S. and Europe, which he did with the Commodores in 1980. 
He was the first rapper to record a national commercial when he promoted Sprite, and he was the first rap millionaire. He's performed 17 shows for U.S. troops stationed on armed force bases in the Middle East. He was a producer on the Netflix show The Get Down, and he was unanimously elected as chairman of the Universal Hip Hop Museum, which is scheduled to open in 2023 in the Bronx. Curtis is the president of the United Coalition for Humanity, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to construct, build, enhance, conserve, and protect the love for humanity. Their present mission is to eradicate the inequities that exist within the institutional systems that have historically targeted Black communities in America for over 400 years. Let's get into it with today's guest, Curtis Blow. All right, Curtis. Thanks so much for being with us today. We've had the pleasure of working together back in the day on some events in New York, a Craig David remix for Atlantic Records, which totally takes me back, and a show we were trying to sell to VH1 together called The History of Hip Hop, based off of hundreds of hours of incredible footage that you have. It's so awesome to reconnect with you and to have you on our True Heart show. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. I am so honored and it's a big joy for me to be here and able and and just, wow, just to breathe air and life in general is so incredible and awesome to be a part of nowadays because, you know, Life has changed up so much in the last two years. You know, I, I just want to shout out all of my friends and family and everyone around this nation and around the world who um, who has lost someone due the, to this pandemic COVID-19 crisis that we are still in. And I just want to have compassion and pray for all the people who have lost loved ones and friends and family and man it's a nightmare i know the pain uh, uh so i'm praying for you and i thank god that i'm here today thank god we all woke up <laughs> we we couldn't agree with you more Curtis. every day is a blessing it's been a devastating year for so many around the world and it's just um so important to focus on being grateful for what we do have our health, our families, the ability to work from home and to be zooming in with all the people we hold dear just to see each other's faces is such a beautiful thing. So we're excited to share your inspiring story because you really are one of the founding fathers of hip hop. You're a real deal pioneer. That's the name of this episode, the pioneer, because that's what you are. Um, but before we jump into your story, Curtis, we're going to go into our tracking segment. <laughs> we're going to ask you some fun philosophical questions and, and get your hot takes. So the first one, Curtis, is if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Wow. <laughs> Sounds like that record I, I made a long time ago called If I Ruled the World. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, if I was a superhero, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. The, the biggest problem I see with humanity today or our society today is uh, the relationship of the race of 
the races. The race relations right now is in a, a dire strait. So I think if I was a superhero, I would find a way to show more love to the races so that we could learn to love each other. And that's a hard job. How do you do that as a superhero? I love that, Curtis. I think you could just be like the superhero. Your superpower is just love. <laughs> and you just... Love that one. Yeah. <laughs> love, that, love that person. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, like the, the force, right? That's right. <laughs> I, I just love that, and you know something that I say on almost every episode, and I feel like a broken record, but I don't care because it needs to be said, is that love is the most powerful force in the universe. And if we were just sharing love unconditionally and freely with everybody, family, friends, strangers, especially, this world would be a much better place. So. I appreciate that you want your superpower to be love because that is the, the theme of my life. Um, so I know that that you'd be the guy to do it. Curtis Blow, the kinda, love superhero. kind of blows me away because I remember when I was in college, which was a minute ago, and uh, I just kept thinking like when I was growing up, like I, I don't feel like I know anybody that's racist and I'm not racist. And like, I think we've come a really long way. And you know, I think this generation, like my generation, like we're going to just be done with this. It's just so ridiculous and stupid. And I'm so tired of hearing like parents and grandparents and just their nonsense. And just like, we're not like that. And now like you look at it and you're like, well, no, it just is so much harder to get past than, you know, any one person. And, and my kind of, my take on it was really off, you know? And I realized that like, you know, it really is about like talking about it, understanding other people's perspective, just because you think everything is one way doesn't mean that other people are experiencing that reality. So these conversations are like just absolutely critical for, you know, for everybody. Yeah. Yes. That's that we need to break down the barriers, the, divisive obstacles that are in our way right now. We need to tear those down and just start all over again and say, look, everyone, let's love each other. Love-ism, that's a, a belief system, love-ism. And um, it's incredible. Once you look it up, Google that, love-ism. It's the most incredible thing I've read. But um, I think uh, um, there is hope for mankind. I'm always prayerful and hopeful uh, that we're going to get it together. You know, so that's the positivity that I have, that I believe about this life I'm living and uh, this world that we live in. Let's find out how it all began. When did you know that music was going to be such a big part of your life and that you wanted to be a performer? Oh, wow. Well, that happened early, early on in my life. Uh, and I accredit it to my mom. 
She was an avid lover of music. She was a big fan of the Motown sound and the Supremes Temptations and 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 Sam Cooke and Jackie Wilson and Aretha Franklin. And um, so every, when I was a, a small kid, like six and seven, I actually became her DJ. Wow. Um, I was fascinated by the turntables. I used to just stare and, and envision myself like, playing these records, but the record would drop, the old turntables, the record would come down and drop and start spinning. And then the needle would move over and and drop down on the beginning of the re record. And it would start that way every time. And I was fascinated by that procedure. And so uh, I became her DJ. We used to go to the record stores. Every record store would have their own charts. Um, and we used to stay on top of the top 10 records for that week. And I, I remember that I was reading those charts, finding out what was the top. I, I think I learned how to read better by reading those charts all the time. And my mom used to buy the records every every week. We were going to the record store and buying records, and so I became the house, the family DJ uh, for birthday parties and holidays, <laughs> and whenever we would have people come over to our house. My mom was uh, very popular in the neighborhood, and she used to always go out and dance at the the clubs of Cotton Club and the Renaissance, the Renaissance Ballroom and uh, uh, all these clubs uh, in Harlem. Harlem had a lot of clubs back in the 50s and 60s. And so um, she was really a popular dancer as well. And I remember people used to come over to our house and we were playing music over the weekend and stuff like that. And they would say to her, you know, her name was Minnie. Uh, Minnie, Minnie, dance for us. Dance. We, we, we heard you can dance. And she was so humble. She would always say, you know, oh, I can't dance. I can't dance. And she would point to her sons and said, my sons can dance. And she would throw <laughs> us out there. And we get out there and start doing our moves, trying to mimic her. <laughs> and mimic Soul Trains because we used to watch Soul Train every yeah. day. And so that thing went on to where, to where I was uh, an avid uh, lover of music as well from my mom and also, you know, trying to dance and keep up with my older brother who became what is known as B-Boy. So the older kids, my brother's friends came and got me one day. They said, we heard that you can dance. My reputation came out, got out that uh, little Kurt was a great dancer. So the fellas came and got me and made the, me their secret weapon at a battle. We went out to this club called Chuck Center on 115th Street in 2nd Avenue. And I went out there and did some flips and everything and the 
footwork and I was a little shorty during the time, you know, 13. And so I, I, I could move really fast with the footwork and everything. So they, uh, we won the contest and um, uh, that was the start of my break dancing career as a b-boy. And then I started to become a DJ more so for the neighborhood uh, uh, to play the songs that we wanted to hear that had break dancing breaks in it. You know, it's a special kind of music that we played back in 72, 73. And um, um, we call them them joints. So you had to know the songs. So I became a DJ playing a song for the songs for the neighborhood. And I got my first gig, I think it was 1974, um, a place on Amsterdam and 140th street, right up the block from my house called the Carolina West. And I was like, wow, 15 or 16. Oh, DJ. wow. Yes, DJing for the whole neighborhood. And that was such fun, so much fun. So the years went by, you know, I'm DJing and rapping in clubs and break dancing. I met Russell Simmons. Uh, he became a partner. We opened up a, a club out in Queens. I really got popular as a DJ. I became the house DJ of Smalls Paradise, which was a top club in New York and Harlem. Uh, incredible, incredible times there. And I finally got the chance to get a record deal because Russell Simmons introduced me and convinced these two writers from Billboard mag magazine, uh, Robert Ford and J.B. Moore, to use a young college student, Curtis Blow, uh, Kurt Walker, to make this record. And I got the record deal with those uh, two producers. They believed that and invested their money. And we made my first song, Christmas Rap, in 1979. So amazing how wow. it all began, Curtis, and that you had this charisma at six years old that your mom nurtured. And then you went from being a b-boy to being one of the founding fathers of hip hop and how you've been so instrumental in shaping the culture. And, and speaking of the culture, obviously, as you know, it's not just rap. It's also, as you mentioned, the beatboxing, break dancing, DJing, graffiti. They're all part of the culture. And right. many years ago, I was blessed to see some of the incredible footage that you have, thousands of hours of footage of these amazing artists from all of these different art forms that literally changed the game. What made you decide to become a hip hop historian? And what's one of your favorite moments that you have on tape that maybe nobody's seen yet? Well, I, I think it comes from uh, 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 this love of being a, a historian comes from college, um, studying uh, history. I found out I'd had I have an old soul. That uh, that's a terminology, a term that's used very frequently in entertainment. 
you know, an old soul. And I love, I remember, you know, uh, reading the Bible and loving those stories about uh, the old, in the Old Testament, you know, with Samson, Samson and the robe and uh, Moses and the Ten Commandments, all those great movies, I loved them. So uh, when I got to college the second time, that's when I really, really found out I had an old soul. But my love for history comes in college. I did the research when I found out, when I made the plan that I was going to go into the music industry and get a record deal, uh, I did the research and did the, the research on the history of music. And I found out so many things about artists and, you know, um, their personalities, uh, their troubles, you know, and, and that's one thing about history that history teaches us is that, you know, you need to repeat the accomplishments and but don't repeat the mistakes. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm a history buff and I love it. And is there a, a favorite moment that you have um, captured on tape that maybe nobody's seen before? Because I only saw a small slice of the footage when we were trying to work on the VH1 show, but you've got like gold on tape. I mean, it's amazing what you documented, Curtis. Yes, yes. I, well, you know, out of all of that footage, footage I, I, I have um, some things that people have never seen before. Like we interviewed Cool uh, Herc, the father of hip hop. And we went to his neighborhood on the nine. I mean, a lot of people don't know about this uh, Washington Avenue and 169th Street. That is his neighborhood, right? And so yeah. we went up there. They, 169th Street is called the Nine. So we went up to the Nine and interviewed Cool Herc. And there was one guy who just came around, uh, a street dude from out of nowhere, came up and just started blasting all this love for Cool Herc. He's, he was like, man, and we got it on camera. Man, I was there. I this is a real pioneer of hip hop. This is a father of hip. It wouldn't be hip hop. Even. Man, we used to go to his party. Man, we used to put socks, black socks, over our sneakers so we could <laughs> get in looking like shoes. And he was just telling all of this story, these stories, and it just seemed so real. Like he explained it to the team where it made you feel like you were there, you know? Yeah. And that is so, so amazing that we caught that impromptu, you know, performance <laughs> right there from that street kid. True Heart is brought to you by Half United. For over a decade, lifestyle brand Half United has been using fashion to feed people all over the world. To break the cycle of generational poverty, the community provides gainful employment to local artisans and 
vulnerable communities who create their handmade and sustainable products. For every Half United product purchased, seven meals are given to a child in need. Half United has donated over 1 million meals to date. Shop their beautiful jewelry, tees, handbags, and home accessories at halfunited.com and help fight global hunger. We are so pumped about the mission of Half United. Their products are amazing. And I have to show off one of my favorite new necklaces from Half United. So you can see this is a recycled bullet casing. So something that was once meant to harm is now being used to heal. This is their fighting hunger necklace. With every Half United product you purchase, seven meals are donated to someone in need. And what I really love is that every one of their pieces is a conversation starter. I'm going to show you this other beautiful necklace, the Lejeune uh, necklace. And you could see here, um, this is reminiscent of a Haitian coin. They do a lot of work in Haiti, helping to feed people there. So, you know, these products are made with love. I I'm obsessed with their uh, marketing just beautiful imagery of the inspiring kiddos that they're helping to feed and their, um, their messaging on the back, feed, empower, sustain. So they're just really incredible products with an amazing mission. So if you're looking for a gift for yourself or someone you love, um, you can feel good about knowing that with every purchase, you're making a difference in the world. So all of my friends and family who are watching, you know what you're getting for Christmas and Hanukkah this year. You're getting some half united, beautiful jewelry and, and bags. So yeah, check them out. They're an amazing brand. True Heart is brought to you by Tushy. Are you still wiping your butt with all that toilet paper you hoarded last year? How's that going for you? Let me introduce you to a new way to clean after you handle your business. Meet Hello Tushy. Tushy is the modern bidet that easily clips to any toilet and installs in just 10 minutes. Starting at just $99, Tushy sprays a precise stream of clean water and washes away all of that literal crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Upgrade your bathroom experience by going to hellotushy, T-U-S-H-Y dot com. That's hellotushy.com. Tushy saves the environment and reduces your carbon butt print. Tushy saves you money on toilet paper, and Tushy saves your butt. Go to HelloTushy, that's T-U-S-H-Y dot com. Stop wiping, start washing with Tushy. True Heart is brought to you by This Saves Lives. This Saves Lives is a ridiculously delicious food brand that gives back. Every single purchase sends life-saving food to a child in need. Co-founders Kristen Bell, Ryan Devlin, Todd Grinnell, and Ravi Patel launch This Saves Lives with a simple motto, buy a bar, feed a child, we eat together. Now with more than just bars, their products contain premium ingredients and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and kosher dairy. Their unique line of kids' products all contain one full serving of fruits and vegetables and are safe for school. To buy their ridiculously delicious snacks, head on over to thissaveslives.com. True Heart is brought to you by Brothers Meatballs. Say ciao to tradition and hello to your new favorite plant-based Italian bistro in Los Angeles, Brothers Meatballs. Brothers Meatballs was founded by brothers and food industry veterans Mauro and Sergio Corbia, who hail from the Isle of Sardinia, Italy. 
When they join forces with second-generation Italian chef Mark Middleman, their self-proclaimed brother from another mother, the concept for Brothers Meatballs was born. Morrow was the founder and creator of Morrow's Cafe inside Fred Siegel, a long-standing LA hotspot. Dissatisfied with the amount of plant-based dining options, reminiscent of the home-cooked meals their mother once made, the brothers were determined to create a menu so delicious it would appeal to herbivores and omnivores alike. Inspired by the food mama so lovingly prepared for Sunday suppers, these meatballs are a modern take on a family classic. All menu items are 100% plant-based and made with mama's secret ingredient, love. Angelinos can order lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday at brothersmeatballs.com. True Heart is brought to you by Mountain. Mountain Co. is a hyper-sustainable clothing and media startup on a mission to abolish the fast fashion industry. They put the planet over profit, always. Manufactured in Portugal, using 100% organic, fair trade, and recycled materials, every product is designed to give back to the world. When you purchase one of their endangered collection tees, you are helping elephant sanctuaries across Thailand support conservation, sanctuary expansion, and education programs. Learn more at mountain.co. That's M-N-T-N dot C-O. We hope you're having as much fun as we are on today's show. Don't forget to go wherever podcasts are found or to YouTube to subscribe to True Heart. And feel free to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review. We really appreciate it. What do you think in terms of the musicality, the hip-hop itself? Where do you see it going next? Because it feels like it's always iterating, always evolving, as you said, getting more complex, wittier. What do you think, you know, the next evolution might be for hip hop? Uh, personally, I, I I would love to go back to the lyrical um, um, importance of this uh, culture, uh, the, the importance of our lyrics need to be revisited and revamped so that we can get out there and make changes. Make, you know, we changed the world back in the 1980s, 90s. uh, 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 And we have the power to do it again. So this is a message to all the young MCs out there. The world is yours. You have the power to make change. This is a hip hop generation that we live in. Everyone in the world is tuning in to listen to what hip hop has to say. So you have the capability to make change, not just in your community, but for the whole world. So let's be conscious about our lyrics. I think uh, uh, here's a new category that I uh, just created. Well, it's called uh, autobiography raps or biographical raps. And that's when you do a song and you uh, do a song about a person like you can uh, do a biographical rap about their whole life. Yeah. And uh, I think that 
that's is very educational it is very uh inspiring and like the bible says you know we have to outdo each other outdo each other in honor of each other absolutely and i just wanted to show people because that was the perfect segue one of my other favorite records of yours if i rule the world you were one of the first to do exactly what you're saying, Curtis. I mean, this song, you talked about war and homelessness and poverty and unemployment and drug addiction. And you used your song to send a very specific message about the most pressing social issues of our time. And exactly what you said is music is so powerful to affect change. So what a great message for this next generation of MCs and hip hop royalty to hear from one of the founding fathers from you that we need to keep that going. We need to be sending those messages of hope and love and positivity and wrapping truth to power so that we can create this collective consciousness through music and really start affecting global change. The potential of us as entertainers as the young rappers, the potential that you have right now to change the world is needed now more than ever. You you have a tremendous gift. You have a tremendous, I think, therefore, responsibility to not just enrich yourself and to you know make good art, but in order to really transcend your own time you you have to think of something bigger something greater and that's what tr real art is and hip-hop is art you know it's it's it, raw authentic i think that's why people gravitated to it so much in the beginning is they felt like now oh, this other stuff is kind of put on and maybe a little cheesy and hip-hop is just raw and it's just people telling us about their struggles and they're doing it in this with a new sound and it just was fire it just took the world over. And if people, if people continue to push the envelope, because for me, that's that's what I see. It's like just push the envelope and make it about new sounds, but also like you're saying, bringing that component in of social kind of responsibility. That's what that's what people will remember. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Yes, yes. So very important. And and it's needed now more and than ever. Well, Curtis, you really are a hip hop humanitarian. You're doing so much good work in the world. And one of your organizations um, that you're president of, the United Coalition for Humanity, which is a nonprofit organization working to eradicate racial inequality. What does your team's work entail? Well, uh, we're just a, a group of people who came together. Uh, we just want to show love to humanity. We love people. We love life. We love uh, uh, all of our people that are out there struggling. We want to see them live their lives more abundantly and uh, not just survive, but, but thrive. You know, uh, uh, so we help people. Bottom line, we're a 
God-centered movement trying to help people. So uh, uh, our last success was huge success. We got the government in New York, the state of New York, to uh, uh, stop solitary confinement. Wow. And so... And so uh, it's, it's a now a, loot, a new law the governor Cuomo signed that it's illegal to have uh, a person uh, in solitary confinement for more than one week. After the week, they have to get evaluated physically and mentally evaluated. And if they don't, then they can get released out of prison. And so that's a new law that was just signed in the state of New York. We're presently trying to take that law and make it national, not only national, international, because we feel solitary confinement is, is inhumane. It's torture. And it's happening all over the world. So it's a threat to humanity. So we do things like that. Uh, we also are working on the ERA movement, equal rights for women. Women can get the same amount of pay in the workforce as a man if they do the same job. This is when this has been uh, a travesty for over, I don't know, 120 since the beginning of time. What an injustice. The fact that a Latina, a Latino woman, a Latina makes 44 cents to the dollar. That is crazy. 40, half the pay. A black woman makes 68 cents to a dollar uh, of a white man. A white woman makes 78 cents to the dollar. So we're trying to eradicate that. Uh, we lost in court uh, against the DOJ and uh, they're trying to keep it silent. You haven't heard anything from it. We're trying to get on CNN and MSNBC and all the networks trying to uh, raise the awareness of this travesty to women and we can't uh, get arrested. You know. Well, we'll talk after the show about helping you with that, because thank you for the good work that you're doing fighting for women and especially women of color to get equal pay. As you said, it's a long time overdue. We've done a lot of work in the space of gender equality and recognizing trailblazing and badass women. So we're happy to lock arms with you and get that story out there because it is so important that there's finally gender parity in the workforce. So thank you for putting your voice, Curtis, to that cause. And it's a great segue when you were talking earlier about, you know, what we need to do to really come together because we, we've seen the division in our country and it's underscored by racism and hate. So how do we, in your opinion, Curtis, dismantle a system that's oppressed Black Americans for over 400 years? And how do we come together and heal? Well, I, I, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. 
love, loveism, that whole new belief system called loveism, and everything has to be about love. You cannot have any hate in your heart, in your mind, in your soul for anything. Everything has to be love. And even when you're faced with racism, when you're faced with hate, when you're faced with even, wow, it's hard to say this, violent behavior, walk away, walk away and you will live to see another day first and foremost, but you have the opportunity to make that change because people will see your light. If they see that you do not want to argue with them and be a part of any of that uh, negativity or hate, then that is the change that is needed to open their eyes and open their heart if they see God inside of you. So love, love everyone. Don't let anything deter you from your mission. Your mission is to love. Yes, yes, we want to be aware. We want to be smart. We want to uh, preach the gospel and stand up and say we're, we're not too happy about this relationship. So please let us change, but we need to tell the truth in love, okay? It can't be violence, we can't be angry, we can't yelling and screaming and cursing at the, each other. No, that's not gonna work. We need to do it by show, uh, show of love. That's really beautiful and powerful, Curtis. And yeah. I know a lot of people are gonna appreciate hearing that, that love is the answer. It's something that Scott and I believe. So it's wonderful to hear that that's the message that you wanna get out there. Um, switching gears for a moment, Curtis, a few years ago, you had a major health scare and we're glad that you're still here with us. It, I know it was touch and go there for a moment. How did that change your life? Because I imagine that that was a pivotal experience for you. Oh, wow. Uh, yes, I had a heart transplant, but even before the heart transplant, I had like four heart operations. Back in 2017, I went into cardiac arrest. I died for five minutes and they brought me back to life. And that was one miracle uh, of, of God's will of, of keeping me here on this earth. So I had three operations after that. It was incredible miracles that God brought me out of. I mean, I had a blood clot in my aorta. You don't come back from that. And it ruptured. I had an emergency surgery and the doctor said, look, I, we don't know if you're going to make this one. This is very, very difficult. So you better pray 
And because uh, we got to take your heart out for 12 hours and freeze it for 12 hours. And it's so weak right now. We don't know if it's going to start beating after the 12 hours. But it did. As you can see, I'm still here. And God is good. Uh, so, you know, my testimony is God is still in the miracle business. Is just awesome, awesome and incredible that I am still here because, you know, my heart was getting weaker and weaker after every operation, the ejection fraction, that's the pumping power of your heart. It went from, it's supposed to be 6570 and it went down to a 10 and I couldn't walk around the corner. I couldn't walk up the stairs it was i would have to stop and huff and puff it was crazy and the doctors came in to me and said look it's not going to get any better you're not going to be here for more than six months to another year so you better think about this heart transplant so we prayed about it and i did it and i went through the procedure and god blessed me with a miracle because i tell you 18 people die a day waiting for a heart, for a heart donor. 18 people in the world wow. die a day waiting for a heart transplant. And I got one. I'm blessed, fortunate. I have a, I'm a new owner of a brand new 34-year-old heart. I, I'm, I'm elated. I'm, I'm I'm living, I, I am a living, breathing testimony of that Bible verse, Second uh, Corinthians 5.17, those in Christ Jesus are a new creation. All those old things have passed away and all things become new. And that's me in a nutshell. So I just want to thank God. And that's where my, my, my covenant comes in i made a promise to god that i would preach the gospel for the rest of my life and go to the top of the highest mountain and shout with the loudest voice god is real and tell everyone what god did for me and how god can do it for you too god is still in the miracle business amen well you definitely are uh walking <laughs> Miracle, that Curtis. That is an unbelievable story. And we're so wow. glad that you're here. And I think it's um, not for nothing that you got this healthy new heart and your whole message is spreading love. Everything you're doing is from the heart. And so you're putting that heart to good use. And I'm sure the family of your amazing donor is grateful to see the good that you are living every day doing with this new heart. So our last question for you, Curtis, is something we'd like to ask everyone. And that is, what do you want to have your legacy be? Well, I, 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 um, I just want to be known as a man of God. That's all. A supporter, avid supporter of the Trinity, my Lord and Savior, uh, Father God, Jesus Christ, the Son, and 
the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm down with that crew. Amen. So I store my treasures up in heaven. I don't need anything from this earth. I'm good. I just want to help people and show love and, and thank everyone along the way who has helped me. And that's it. That's it. A man of God. Amen. And I, I want to say a, a shout out to the Universal Hip Hop Museum. I love you guys. Shout out to Rocky and Tina and uh, Ed Young and Adam. Man, they have about 50, 60 people over there sacrificing, uh, working diligently every day on bringing this, this dream to reality. The Universal Hip Hop Museum. You can check them out at uhhm.org. All right. I love you guys. And also a shout out to the Hip Hop Nutcracker. Yes. Oh, getting ready. <laughs> getting ready to go back on tour, you guys. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine that? We have 50 shows around wow. the country in November and December. You can look at my Instagram page. All the dates are there right now. Or you can go to hiphopnutcracker.com. That's an incredible play. Uh, uh, 15 breakdancers telling the story of the Hip Hop Nutcracker. I'm the host. I get you ready. I come out in the beginning and take you back to the old school. and We jam and have a big, big party. So bring your kids, bring your family, bring your friends, bring your dates, bring your loved ones. <laughs> it's something for everyone. Hip Hop Nutcracker. You don't want to miss that. Keep on, keep on doing it because the fans, the fans love you. And I know that they're going to be so grateful to see you again this fall. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, Amy. Thank you guys for having me here. It was a great show. Thank, Thank you, Curtis. Curtis. We'll see you soon. Stay well. Right. Bye. Hey, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to The True Heart Show, wherever podcasts are found. And don't forget, you can also find us on YouTube and subscribe there as well. Yes. And special shout out and thank you to the one and only pioneer, Curtis Blow, for being with us today. Um, it I was amazing down. to Did you get that reference. Yes, it was amazing to uh, learn hip hop history from the legend who was there at the beginning, paving the way for all these other incredible artists who've come after him. So um, don't forget, you can catch Curtis on tour this fall with the Hip Hop Nutcracker. You don't want to miss that show. It sounds like it's going to be so much fun. And um, we have so many more amazing guests coming up. So we hope you'll join us again next week for another great show. And don't forget, uh, if you're searching the web, join us at trueheart.com and search the web with us. You can get the same great results you're used to. Uh, it's free, it's easy, and all your searches are going to power donations to six amazing nonprofits that are out there changing the world. So join us at trueheart.com and uh, search with us. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.